Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. I'm going to encourage you to do one more thing. This is uh, sometimes it's difficult, you know, to open up and, and share a little bit of what you're going through. And, you know, you might be here and you're new, you don't know too many people, or maybe you've been coming a few weeks and you're like, but I would encourage you, okay, before today's, before you go home, before you walk through those doors and get in your car and leave, why don't you find somebody? Maybe it's somebody here in the prayer at the end. You know, my wife and I are always in the welcome lounge after the service. You could just find somebody and share and let them know. Find one of the pastors, one of the coaches, and say, listen, I'm going through this. Just keep me in prayer. Pastor Milton said something is very important, the word intentional. Sometimes we need to be intentional. That's the only way that we're going to get out of the situations we're going through. And a lot of times when we're the only ones that know what we're going through, let me tell you, it's a very hard win. It's a very hard win when it's you in the ring and it's you against the enemy or you against your mind or you against your emotions. It's very difficult. But the moment that you tell somebody else, the moment that you open up with somebody, it's like somebody else tagged you. And I grew up watching wrestling. All right. And my dad would tell me, why do you watch that? That's fake. And to me, he's like, no, that's not fake. That's real. And he goes, it can't be real. Look at that slap. That was not a real slap. And I would get in arguments with my dad about wrestling. You know, I grew up liking Hulk Hogan. Anybody was a wrestling fan back in the 80s and 90s. And then I jumped to The Rock, you know, and I liked The Rock. And, and why am I telling you this? Because I remember there used to be these tag team matches and one of the guys was getting beat up and stumped on. And you see the other guy like stretching out, like trying to touch him. Any of you guys seen that? You know, and I'm like, come on, you got to touch him. You got to. And all of a sudden he would tag the person and the other guy would jump in there and start beating up on the other guy. Why am I telling you this? Because when you speak to somebody, you tag somebody else. You tag somebody else to get in that ring with you and help you beat up on that one that's been beating up on you. All right? So if you get anything today, you know, go home and watch, you know, Monday Night Raw tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. All right? Just take it, all right? And believe in your heart that you were not meant to fight this by yourself. All right? You were meant to bring others to help you alongside in these battles and in these challenges that we face. You guys received that word this morning? All right? Just take it. Take it and run with it. All right? So a couple of... Uh, Announcements that I want to make before I jump into today's message. Number one, we have our ladies' conference coming up November 4th and 5th. All right, and there we go. That's always there. There's always a shout from one of the ladies, and then it's contagious. All right, so uh, my beautiful ladies, you guys have your conference called Rejoice. It seems like the Holy Spirit is hammering away at joy and rejoice and all these things, right? So ladies, don't miss out, all right? I know the hard work that the team is putting together, and they're putting together an amazing conference, all right? So you don't want to miss out on that. Go and sign up at the end, or you're going to see a QR code here behind me. Go ahead and sign up, all right? Some of you guys are taking out your phones. I think you're taking a picture of me, but no, you're scanning the QR code, but that's fine, all right? So Rejoice Women's Conference, November 4th and 5th, all right? This week... All right, we have our businessmen and businesswomen's uh, breakfast, all right? And it's going to be Wednesday at 8.30 in the morning. 
Last week, I made a mistake, and I had said that I was going to be this Wednesday that passed, all right? And in my mind, I was already two weeks ahead, and that's a bad thing sometimes because as a pastor, believe it or not, right now, I'm already preparing for what's coming in December, and a lot of times, we're ahead, all right? But our breakfast for businessmen and businesswomen is this next Wednesday at 8.30 in the morning, and behind me, you're going to get that information. La Mesa is the name of the restaurant where we're going to be meeting. We're going to give you breakfast. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. And the last thing I want to announce is that in December, we got our Christmas at Numa, and part of what we're doing this year is we're doing a play. And you see me come up here and announce to you and say, guys, we're looking for people that will be part of this, you know, production that we want to put together, which I think is going to be an incredible outreach to be able to bring people to church that maybe wouldn't come for a church service, but might come, okay, for a production or come for a play. All right. So we're still receiving people that want to be part of it. And now we tweaked a little thing. All right. The rehearsals were taking place on Friday. All right, so as of this week, the rehearsals are being changed to Monday evening at 7.30, all right? Some of you guys were having difficulty on Friday nights, especially young people that want to be a part of it. And on Friday nights, we have our gatherings and stuff like that. So you want to be part, okay, of the Christmas at Numa production tomorrow at 7.30. Miss Jackie, I know that she was around. I think she's next door now, all right? But you guys could come here and be part of that, all right? So, uh... With that being said, I think that I am done uh, with the announcements that we have for today. And we're going to continue the series called I Choose Joy. Can you say that with me? I choose joy. And you know what we're learning in this series? That joy is a choice. Why is joy a choice? Because it's a decision that we got to make to stay in joy. Because so many things are coming against our joy. Anybody had something come against your joy this week? Let's just be honest, you're in church. And some of your hands are going up right now. All right, I had something that came up this week, and I'm like, I got to fight for my joy. Actually, I was like, I got to fight for my joy, and I got to preach about joy. So, Lord, do something in my life right now. You know, joy is something that you choose. All right, and let me tell you, and then the feelings will follow along. Joy is a decision Okay, the feeling is a consequence of the decision that you make. And you need to be intentional about the decision to have joy. Now, how many of us know, all right, and could confess that we need a little bit of fun in our life? You need a little bit of fun. You know, sometimes as Christians, we sort of like lose the fun. And let me tell you something, I think God is a fun God. I don't know about you, but I don't think God is in heaven like all grumpy. Like some of us have a vision of God. Like God in the throne, like, and when you hear thunder, you're like, there he is. You know, he's like all mad. Well, let me tell you something this morning. God is not mad. God's not in heaven upset or mad at you. And I want to tell you something. It's no problem for you to have fun. Actually, I want to tell it to you. It's no problem for you to have fun in church, all right? Why do you think that we put happy songs up here and I love Mia, I love to see you, Alexandra, dancing up here. But by the way, today is your birthday, so happy birthday. All right. Uh, you know that one of the things that I love about you is the joy that you bring. It's the joy. You see her up here, and she's jumping around and dancing. And when you see somebody like that, you come in here, and you're like, look, and all of a sudden, you're like, 
Why? Because it's contagious. It's contagious. All right? I think Jesus was a joyful guy, and I think Jesus was fun to be around. How do you know that, Pastor? Because the Bible says that little kids went to Jesus, and little kids wanted to hang around Jesus. Have you ever seen a little kid hanging around a grumpy person? No, right? They see a grumpy person, like that person's here, and that little kid is somewhere else. Who are little kids around with? Happy people, joyful people, people that are excited, you know? Like these, you know, these past few days, I've been asking my young people if they could solve a riddle, right, Grace? And Grace has been great because Grace just brings me people like, Pastor, tell them the riddle, you know, to see if they could get it. So I, I have this riddle, you know, and maybe if you know the answer, please don't say it, all right? But I have a riddle, and I want to see if, if you guys know, all right? Okay, what has wheels and flies? What has wheels and flies? If you know the answer, you are prohibited of saying, Milton, stop giving the answer, bro. I'm not going to let you come up here again and lead these people. <laughs> what has wheels and flies? Yeah? A what? No. Well, I've never heard that one. That's pretty good, though. What has wheels and flies? Airplane. That's a very good answer, but that's not the one that I'm looking for. Ma'am? She knew it. A garbage truck. She got it. Why does a garbage truck? Because a garbage truck has wheels and it has flies that are hovering around it. You got it. Hey, I want to clap for you. I want to. Grace, we're bringing her to the next G2G night, man. This lady's amazing. She knew it. She cracked my riddle. I'm about to use another one, but I'm saving that one for the net. No, 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 Grace, I'm going to lose my track here, and the clock is running, guys. I got to stay on track, all right? But in this series about joy, okay, we're studying the book of Philippians. And there's no better person to be teaching us about joy than the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul, he was qualified to speak about this because he's writing this letter from jail. All right? And I don't know too many people that have joy while they're in jail. And listen to what I'm going to say. Their days are counted. Because not only was Paul in jail, okay, to be free later on. No, he was in jail because he had appealed to Caesar. And he was going to go in front of Caesar. And Caesar was going to kill him. So his days were numbered. And there's four little chapters in the book of Philippians. If you decide today to be real spiritual, go home and read Philippians. You can read it in about 20 minutes. All right, And in four chapters, it says the word joy or rejoice 16 times. And this guy, in the midst of everything he's going through, he's about to die, he's in jail, he doesn't know if he's going to see his friends again, the people he's discipled again, he doesn't know if he's going to visit those churches again. He's telling us, in the midst of all these things, rejoice. In the midst of all these things, do not lose your joy. Keep your joy. You see, he knew some secrets that I think that we need nowadays. Because if you live in Miami, boy, it's so easy to get upset. It's so easy to get mad. Especially if you're driving around in the morning. You know, you have cars cutting in in front of you. The other day, I was standing in a red light. This was unbelievable to me. 
I'm standing in the red light here, and then there's a lane to turn here to the left, and there's a car that is going into that lane, but the guy that's behind me decides to speed up and cut in front of the guy that is coming on that lane. And you know what happened? The guy that was coming on the lane ends up crashing the guy that cuts in in front of him, right next to me. I'm in my car looking at this, like, right there where that monitor is. I'm like, what in the world just happened? And I'm like, welcome to the 305. I was like, oh, joy. That's what I thought inside of me. I was like, oh, joy. Look, look how the day is starting out. So when we hear things like this, we're like, what are the secrets to joy? How can I keep joy in the midst of the situation that I go through? So two weeks ago, we were in Philippians 1. Last week, we were in Philippians 2. Guess where we're going today? Philippians 4. No, 3. Guys, we did one two weeks ago, two last week. Which one are we doing today? There you go. I'm like, my mathematicians failed me today. They told me four. All right? So today's teaching is called Joy's Focus. Joy's Focus. Okay, what is joy focused on? All right? And we're going to start reading Philippians chapter 3, if you could come with me. Philippians 3 verse 1. And look at this beautiful scripture, how it starts. It goes, whatever happens. Can you say that with me? Whatever. That's a crazy way to start this verse already. Whatever happens. You know how many things happen? Right now, you can leave this place and something happens that you were not prepared for. Something happens that was not on your schedule. Like, thanks God that these guys were coming up here to pray for me and wish me, you know, happy Pastor's Appreciation Month. That was something that happened that I wasn't ready for. But sometimes the things that happen to us that we're not ready for are not good things. And here the Apostle Paul says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. You see, sometimes there's scripture Sometimes there's verses in the Bible that to me, they're like unattainable. Does that happen to you? I want you to be honest. Sometimes you read things in the Bible and it's like, bro, this is like Mars and I'm all the way on earth and I don't know how I'm going to do this. Because whatever happens, rejoice. I'm like, are you kidding me? Paul, do you know what I'm going through? Do you know what's, what family I come from? You know, Paul, do you know my wife? Do you know my kids? Do you know my husband? Do you know my neighbor? And Paul is saying, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And then he says something very amazing. He goes, I never get tired of telling you these things. In other words, it seems that these are things that need to be repeated to us because we sort of forget. We forget to have joy. We forget to rejoice. So Paul is saying, hey, I'm not going to get tired of telling you this because you need it. You need to have this in your heart. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. I do it to protect your faith. I'm repeating to you that you need joy because if you have joy, your faith will be protected. That's what he's saying. I need to remind you this constantly so today in the time that i have left you guys are going to see a miracle happen in front of you and what's the miracle that's going to happen in front of you that today instead of three i have 
four important things. <laughs> four important things that we need to remember and focus on if we're going to have joy. All right? Four things that we need to remember. We can't lose sight of this. We need to focus on it. If we're going to have what? If we're going to have joy, okay? Philippians 3, verse 2 and 3. We're going to continue. He goes, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators, it says, who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Like, Pastor, you're talking about circumcision. What in the world is this teaching going? Just stay with me. Hang on here, all right? He goes, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us, and we put no confidence in human effort. So number one, write this down. If you like taking your notes on Sundays, here's point number one. Point number one is that we need to remember that Christ's sacrifice is sufficient. We need to remember, church, that Christ's sacrifice is what is sufficient. Look what he says. He goes, we need to rely that Christ Jesus, what he has done for us, and we put no confidence in human effort. Christ's sacrifice for you and me is sufficient. That brings great joy. What is that? Why does that bring great joy? Because nothing has to be added. It's already done. What needed to be done to save you and me and to bring us into a relationship with God the Father, it's been done. Have you ever been in a position that whatever you do is not enough? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been at a job and you try your best to please your boss? You get all the reports in on time. You put in the hard work. You do everything. And then you go to his office and you bring a file of everything you've done. And he always says, oh, this is good. But, and you get that but and you're like, it's never enough. Or maybe it was a parent. And you were growing up. And you would try to please your dad. Or you try to please your mom. And you try to do things. All the, you know, you used to try to do things right, and it was never enough. You never measured up. The standard was always up here, and it felt like you always fell short. Did you identify with that? That would happen to me in school a lot of times. School for me was rough growing up, because in my house, we spoke Spanish, and we went to school, and all the teachers were speaking. And actually, my first teacher, she was American. She didn't speak anything in Spanish. And all I understood was Spanish. And I remember hating going to that class. At kindergarten, I already hated school. You imagine that? So imagine how I was by the time that I got to 10th grade. <laughs> I hated it. Why? Because she would ask me things and tell me things, and I couldn't understand. I felt that I was never able to measure up to what that lady was asking me. Communication was not there. We were not seeing eye to eye. Actually, one of the things that I've had to deal with in the Lord, is it's one of those things that I had to forgive. Because one day I was asking a kid in class, what was she saying? Because I didn't understand what she was saying. And the lady got so upset at me because I was talking in class. And she made me stand up in front of the class. She put, she put tape in my mouth. And she made me stand in the corner for about an hour. 
If that would happen today, then we would have gotten a good lawsuit. You know, and made some money with that. Back in the days, you could do things like that, and you get away with it. But there was a moment in my life that I had such a fear of even speaking in public. And you know where that fear came from? From that moment. Because the moment that I spoke to somebody and asked them, what was she saying? She just highlighted me in front of everybody and in front of all my friends. Just make me stand there. And why am I telling you this? Because sometimes we try so hard to please those that are around us. Sometimes we try so hard to get things right. And I don't know if this happens to you, but the harder you try, the more you would mess up. That ever happened to you? Like any clumsy people here? <laughs> like you're like trying to go through a line and you have your backpack, you know, and you're trying to like not touch anyone and you're stepping on everybody's toes and you're like, ow, ow, ow. And you're like trying to even notice. You don't want to be noticed. You're trying, but you can't measure up. So these people here are telling the people in the church of Philippi that Jesus is good, but you still need to get circumcised. You still got to obey the law of Moses. You still got to obey the Sabbath. You got to do this. You got to do that. Christ is good, but you still need all that. And Paul is saying, oh, no. Oh, I'm going to bring a correction to this. Paul is saying Jesus is more than enough. What Jesus did for you, what Jesus did for me, he satisfied God completely. You don't need to add anything to the sacrifice of Jesus. You don't need to try to measure up for God to accept you as a son or daughter. You don't need to try to please God by your behavior for God to say, ding, 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 you made it. No, come on, you have a relationship with me. You're going into heaven. No, because Christ did it for you and me. So whatever we do now, we don't do it to measure up. We do it out of gratitude. It's a different way of thinking. You see, when you're trying to do works, 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 and the people that have done the Freedom Small Group with us will understand this. When you're trying to do works, that's living out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There are two trees in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And you know a lot of Christians today still live out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Don't do this, do that, do this, don't do that. Dress like this, speak like that. You know what? No, no, no. That's the other tree. God wants you to live out of the tree of life. What do you mean the tree of life, Pastor? Jesus put me in right relationship with God. Like Milton said, I am righteous in front of God. I am justified in front of God. And because I am so grateful for what he's done for me, I choose to live this kind of lifestyle. One time a friend of mine goes, oh, since you go to church now, you stop going to clubs, you stop, you know, doing this. I used to drink. I used to do all these things. You stop doing all that. And I told him, no, it's different. Now I have a choice before I didn't. Before, that's all I knew, and I was a slave to that. But now I have a choice if I want to do it or if I don't want to do it. And I choose not to do it because I want to live for my Lord and my King. That's the way that the Christian lives but not trying to measure up. So today, I want that fight in your soul to settle. And when that settles, you know what you get? You get joy. Because like, whew, thank you, Jesus. Because if you and I would try to please all the list of what God requires, is impossible. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Anybody perfect in this room? Right? No? All right, good. We already failed. <laughs> so who do we need? We need a Savior to come in. And I'm here to tell you today, 
that we need to remember, if we're going to have joy, we need to remember and focus that Jesus' sacrifice is more than enough. That's number one. Number two, write this down. And I'm running through this whole thing. Be intentional to live out our freedom given to us by Christ. The second thing we need to remember and focus on if we're going to have joy, is to be intentional to live out our freedom given to us by Christ. Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. And he says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you a secret. If you're going to be intentional about walking out the freedom that you have in Christ, here's the key. Here's the key. You need to let go of the past and push towards what's in front of you. You gotta let go of the past. You gotta let go of what's behind you. And there's an issue that what we have with it because a lot of us, we can't see our tomorrow if all we're seeing is our yesterday. A lot of us can't see tomorrow. And I could come up here and say, oh, that God has an amazing plan for you. God has great things for you. And you're like, I can't see that. All I see is my yesterday. All I see is my failure. All I see is my brokenness. All I see is what this person told me, what that person did to me. And all we see is our yesterday. And until we don't settle our yesterdays, we're never going to be able to embrace what God wants to do for us. You know why? Because we see through the lens of the eyes of our heart. And if our heart is damaged, you're going to see through that lens. What does God want to do? He wants to bring freedom to your life. He wants to bring freedom to your life. When Jesus was going to show up on the scene, there was somebody that was sent before him to prepare, prepare the way. Who was that person? John the Baptist. And John the Baptist gives a little description about his ministry, what he was going to be do doing in Luke chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I love the scripture. He's talking about his ministry and he goes, the valleys will be filled and the mountains and hills will be made level. The curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth. And then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. You know what God has to do? He needs to fill some of the valleys that we have in here. Some of the holes, some of the brokenness, some of the areas that are messed up, God wants to fill that valley. Some of the things that are not straight, he wants to straighten them out. Because until they're not straightened out, you're not able to see what it says here, the salvation sent from God. That is all work that the Holy Spirit needs to do in us. Now, I want you guys to look at me real quick. The question is, are you willing to let the Holy Spirit do that work in you? Because a lot of us, we come to the Lord Jesus, and you're like, Lord, I want you as my Savior, but I don't know about this Lord thing, because there's a little room in here that I don't want you going in there. I don't want you coming in this area. 
I've been so stepped on. I've been so hurt. I've been so damaged in this area that I cannot let nobody come in here. And you know where the Lord wants to go, right? To bring you freedom? Into that room. Into that broken area. And you're going to have to revisit some things that you don't want to deal with. So I want to do an exercise with you this morning. I'm not going to do jumping jacks or push-ups or sit-ups. That's not the exercise that I'm talking about. All right? But I want to do an exercise this morning with you. I want you for a moment to close your eyes right there where you are. Don't fall asleep on me, all right? <laughs> close your eyes right there where you are. And I want you to picture God. I want you to picture God. Okay? How do you see him? Picture God. How do you see him? How is the picture that you have of your God? All right, you could open your eyes. All of us in this room had a different picture of God right now. Had a different image according to what we imagine about God. The question that I have for you this morning is if the image of God that you just brought to your mind, the image of God that the Bible speaks about God, or is it the image that you've created through time because of the circumstances and the situations that you've gone through? Because you could come here this morning and you could raise your hands and you could sing to the Lord and say, oh Lord, you are good. And inside say, oh, you're not good. Lord, I believe in the work, in the miracle working God. You believe all this. And we're like, I don't. Because I remember the time that I needed a miracle, and that went unanswered. So I don't have faith for that song. I can't wait for that song to be over. Because that's not the way that I see God. And why do you think that I picked that song for today? <laughs> you think I randomly picked songs for Sunday morning? No, because I knew we were going to be talking about this today. And a lot of us were like, God is great. And inside of you, you're like, no, he's not. I'm broke. And I don't even know how I'm going to pay for my lunch today. And we have all these misconceptions of how we see God. And until we don't deal with these things, guys, we can advance in our faith. So in other words, what do you mean by that, Pastor? We need to go and deal with that. And once we settle those issues of the heart, then it's time to move forward. Then it's time to embrace. So that's why the Apostle Paul says, forgetting what is behind. I strain forward to what is ahead of me. But until you don't forget what's behind, there's no straining forward. You don't even have strength sometimes to strain forward. Sometimes the strength is gone, is your hurt, is your pain, is your addiction, is your remorse, is your failure. Today I want to tell you something, Numa Church. Be intentional after going after your freedom. Be intentional about it. Go after your freedom. Don't finish 2022 
all right? The same way that you finish 21 and 20 and 19 and 18, be intentional about your freedom because God has something greater for you than what you're living right now. And you got to believe that even though you don't have the correct image of who he is, God is who the Bible says that he is. And he's a good God. He's a good father. He's the giver of good gifts. He's the one that provides for you. He's the one that heals you. He's the one that meets you in your need. That is who the Bible says that God is, not my experience. So what happens? My experience needs to line up with the truth of who God is. You guys listening to me, church, this morning? So we're going to have joy. What do we need to do? Oh, we got to go after our freedom. We got to go after, we got to hold on to it. That's why we're so big here in Numa about small groups. What did I tell you at the beginning after we prayed? I go, hey, find somebody that you could talk to today. Don't leave without finding somebody. that You know what I'm telling you? What I'm telling you is you need community around you. You need a group of people around you that can help you fight your battles so that you can find freedom. That's why we're a church of small groups. That's why small groups are so important. And I keep on saying this. I'm going to say it again. Real freedom, real freedom comes in the context of relationships. James chapter 5, verse 16, listen to what it says. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. It's not talking about physical healing. It's talking about emotional healing. It's talking about issues of the heart. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. This morning before coming up here, I had Pastor Milton back there in the room with me. And in that room, I told Pastor Milton, Pastor Milton, I need you to pray for me right now. Because I'm going through some things in here, and in about 25 minutes, I'm going to be in that platform, and I need the Holy Spirit to do something this morning. What did I do? I found community with somebody that I know, that I trust, that is in my circle of intimacy. Now, if Milton was a stranger, there's no way I'm going to tell him that. Why? Because I don't know who he is. I don't know if that guy's going to go on Instagram, take a picture of me. Pastor Chris is not qualified to preach today. (laughs) It's like, so you need to have people that are intimate, people that are close, people that you can open up with, people that will challenge you. That will push you forward. People that will help you in your freedom. Find a small group. Find a small group. Pastor, they already started. I don't care if they started. It's not about the materials, about the relationship. Now, if you need to go into even more and more healing, what other tools that we have? Well, we're developing a social ministry here. Soso is a is a Greek word. For saved, healed, and delivered. That's what the word so-so means. Saved, healed, and delivered. You know that that's the way that God wants you and me? Saved, healed, and delivered. Saved, healed, and delivered. My good friend Larry back there, that you guys see him rock out on the guitar every week. Him and his wife, Helen, are training people every Sunday during the second service for so-so ministry, for healing ministry. And maybe you're here and you're like, I don't want to train. I need, <laughs> I need a soul. So I need to heal from these areas. You know what? 
come and find somebody and go to the information center. How do I get a so-so? How do I get that healing? Be intentional about your freedom. Be intentional about your freedom. The third thing, the third thing we need to remember and focus on if we're going to have joy, we need to remember that we have a heavenly purpose for which we have been reached. Look at me real quick. Each of us in this room have a heavenly purpose for which you've been reached. Look at Philippians 3.12 and then 14. We just read them, but I want us to read them in context of this that I'm telling you. Verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I want to ask you a question right there where you're at. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me. The question that I have for you is, what is it that Jesus took hold of you for? Because he says, I press on to take hold of that that Jesus took hold of me. Jesus took hold of you for something. Not for you to say, I go to Numa Church. Well, that's great. I'm happy that you're part of this family. And sit there as long as you need to and watch there as long as you, uh, you want to watch. But you know what? He says that he presses on towards what? Towards the goal of the heavenly price that God has for him. You know that God has something special for each and every one of you for which Jesus took hold of you? The day that you got saved... Okay, and the day that you made a decision for Jesus, whether it was there when I was praying at the end, or whether you came up to the altar, or somebody gave you an invitation on the street to invite Jesus, you know that Jesus reached you for something. He wants you to be useful for him in the kingdom of God. You know that you're wired in a special way to make a difference in this world. You are the way that you are, okay, listen to it, because God wants to use that. All of us are wired different. Praise God for that. I'm so glad that I'm so different than my wife, because if she would be like me, I would be so bored. We all need the gift of the person that is next to us. We all need the gift of the person that's behind us. We all need to reach that for which Jesus took a hold of us. And that's why we're so adamant about our growth track every Sunday. And every Sunday I stand up here and I'm like, hey, do your growth track, do your growth track. I sound like a broken record. Actually, you can put my preaching from last week and there's a moment that you're going to find me talking about the growth track. Today I'm going to say something different about the growth track. Now we have growth track for our young people. All right? And if you are a kid or a teenager, all right, uh, my dear friend Emmerich that is back there, we sort of adapted the whole growth track and starting this Friday night, for those that are 13 and above, we could, do, you, we could have you guys do growth track in one sitting. We're trying to do it in one sitting. It might take two, but we're trying to do it in one sitting. And the ones that are younger, that are here, part of G2G Kids, all right, they could do it too. They've prepared it. There's, there's different, you know, graphics and cartoons. Some of you guys should go and do the kids' growth track. You know, it might be a little better. If you get distracted and you want some cartoons, hey. I'm going to come on Friday. If I, you say I can knock that thing down in one day, and a couple of you guys are going to come this Friday coming up. 
Emmerich, if you see people that are older than 21, you got to kick them out of that room. <laughs> All right? But guys, listen, next Sunday, come and invest your time in your growth track. Today's step three. How do you know it's step three? Because we're doing Philippians 3. How do you know you're doing Philippians? It's the third week of this month. All right? Do your third step of the growth track. And discover that for which Jesus took hold of you. And then the fourth point that I have today. This is a miracle, guys. We're going from the third to the fourth. Come on now. The fourth thing we need to remember and focus on to have great joy. We need to remember and focus on the example of our pastors and leaders. We need to remember the example of our pastors and leaders. Verse 17 and 19 of Philippians 3. Verse 17 through 19. Look what Paul says. It goes, join together in following my example. Paul is telling the people, follow the example that I'm giving you. Brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, he's saying, I am a model for you, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. When it says their God is in their stomach, all right, is their appetite, is their desires. And their glory is in their shame. Their mindset is on earthly things. So Paul is writing this third chapter of Philippians. And he's saying, there's some people out there that are saying, you got to do this, you got to do that in order to follow Christ. You know what? Don't imitate those people. He goes, follow our example. Follow our lead. He goes, look at the way that I'm living and you're missed and those that live like I do and follow them. In other words, what Paul is saying, if you want to have joy, you need to focus on the example of those that are leading you and say, hey, if he's having joy in the midst of all that he's going through, I think I can have a little joy. My brother Manny's not here today. But Manny was an example to me of going through the toughest trial of losing his wife. And still you would talk to him and a smile would come out. And he'd be talking to you and I would see this peace and this calm. I was like, only God could do that. Only God could do that in the midst of such a difficult circumstance. Those are people worth imitating, church. Those are people that you say, you know what? I, I want to follow the example of those people. This week, I was with one of my pastors, Pastor Marco Barrientos. And as I was sitting with him and having dinner with him and his wife, and we sat there for about three hours conversating and having, you know, talks. You know, Richard, those conversations that you start and all of a sudden... You just put the clock to the side because, like, this is going to go for a while. We had one of those. And as I was sitting in that table, you know what I was saying? What a great example of a man of God this is. I'm so grateful for his life. I'm so grateful that I get to pray for him every day. I'm so grateful that I get to call him my pastor. And then a little while later, Pastor Kirk texts me. He goes, how you doing, son? And I'm doing, I'm fighting, Pastor. 
And he goes, I just got to Romania after leaving Ukraine. And I just came from Sri Lanka. And before that, I was in India. I'm like, oh, my Jesus. Each one sounds more dangerous than the other. I'm like, that is a special calling. I'm like, bro, I want to imitate this guy's faith. I want to imitate his commitment. I want to imitate the way that he's walking. And I think of men and women of God that are in this house. For example, my wife was sitting here a second ago and she might have walked out or something. But I'm so grateful for my wife. Because my wife is like a night owl. By 11 o'clock, I need to like, I need to go. I need to rest. I need to close my eyes. And there's been moments that all of a sudden, I feel like if somebody, you know when somebody's staring at you, have you ever had that feeling? Just stare at the person next to you right now. So you get that feeling. It's so weird. It's like somebody's looking at me. And I've had that feeling sometimes sleeping. And all of a sudden, I open my eyes. It's my wife praying for me. Like at 3 in the morning. At 3 in the morning, there ain't no way I'm going to be praying. I'll tell you that. I'm going to be sleeping. Because I wake up the next day very early. But I thank God for her example and for her leading, her modeling. I thank God for the pastors and leaders that we have in this church. For example, I have my father-in-law back there. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> but he's sitting there. Pastor Carlo, voy a hablar de ti en este momento. Pero en inglés, así que no me vas a entender. Y si digo algo malo, perdóname. But you know who are great examples in the church? Pastor Carlos and Pastor Larry Pacheco. These men are both in their 70s, and I see their example of commitment and faith. I see their joy. I see the way that they behave. Pastor Larry sends a devotional out during the week. It comes in like at 4.40 in the morning. I'm like, what in the world is this? Milton, you get that little devotional too, right? It's people that have been walking with God for years. And you haven't heard any scandal or anything crazy. And you just see their commitment. You see their walk. You see that even though they're getting older, you still see them plowing the field. That's an example for me. This October is Pastors Appreciation Month. And I want to thank all those pastors and all those that are part of the team that work beside me. I want to ask, lo voy a decir en español, en inglés, all the pastors that are part of my team, todos los pastores que son parte del equipo, si se pueden colocar de pie, all the pastors that are part of the team, have Pastor Milton here, Pastor Carlos back there, y los que son coaches, those that are coaches, los que son coaches, si se pueden colocar de pie, Emmerich, I have you, Alain, and your wives, Pastor Adrián, anda por allá atrás, Liz también. Can we put our hands together for these amazing leaders that we have in this church? I'm grateful for you guys. Estoy agradecido con cada uno de ustedes and everything that you guys do in this place. And Paul concludes with verse 20. And he says, now that you've done all these things, you understand that Christ is sufficient. Now that you're fighting for your freedom. Now that you're going hard after your purpose. Now that you're imitating those that are your leaders and your pastor. Now that you're doing all that, he goes, but our citizenship is in heaven. 
All these other things, they stay here on earth. I want you to focus on something even greater that is prepared for you. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll stop there. I want you to look at me as I close. How many of us have gone through difficult times in these last few years? Raise your hand. Maybe you're going through a difficult time right now. Look at me. The day is going to come, dear Christian man, Christian woman, Christian young person that is here, that you're going to see Jesus face to face. And the day that you see Jesus face to face, you know what's going to happen? All those trials, all those tribulations, all those problems are going to fade away. Let me tell you, not in a minute, not in 30 seconds, not in 10 seconds, in a millisecond. Everything's going to disappear. And you're going to say, oh my God, I'm standing in front of him. And you're going to say, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Everything that I went through in life, it was crazy, but it was worth it. And now that I'm in front of him is joy without words. That's what awaits you and me. That's why it says, you know what? Put your eyes on heaven. Put your eyes on heaven. Put your eyes on not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen so that you can have immeasurable joy. And that's the joy that I want each of you guys in this room to have, immeasurable joy. I want you to close your eyes as we close this morning. And there were your eyes closed. I want you to ask the Holy, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? What are you telling me this morning? What are you challenging me with, Holy Spirit? And just take a moment and let the Holy Spirit speak to you right there where you're at as we sing and we worship up here. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to
right there where you're at. I want you to come to the Father today, and I want to make two invitations. Right there where you're at in your heart. I want you to, what this song is saying, the Father's arms are open wide. And maybe there's hurt, there's pain, there's anger, there's frustration, there are wounds in your life. And you need God to heal those things. He can do it. He has the power to do it. And today I spoke to you about the way that you see God. I want you to see God as a loving father, as a father that is there for his children, a, a father that is inviting and not a father that is rejecting. And right there where you're at, I want you to tell the father, father, this is me. This is what I'm going through right now. This is what I'm feeling right now. Just take a moment and just tell him, be honest with God. Be honest with him. Open your heart to him right there where you're at. Do you feel like running away? Tell him, Lord, I feel like running away. I am tired. I'm, I, I feel that I don't measure up. I don't know what it is, but tell him. And then the second prayer is for those people that don't know Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior. And you're here, you're watching through that camera. You've never made a decision to surrender to Jesus and to his sacrifice on the cross for you and me. Today, there's an invitation that he's giving you. What's that invitation? To follow him, to follow him, to go after him. And today, Jesus is standing in front of you saying, come, follow me. Come, follow me. And if you open your heart to him, receive him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that you're saved. You become a son or daughter of God. So why don't you follow Jesus today? And if you're in that second group, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. That first group, that prayer is your prayer with God. I don't even know how to lead you in that prayer because you know what you got to tell God. But that second group, I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray this with me. If you've never followed Jesus before, you've never gone after him, you've never invited him to be your Lord and Savior. There with your eyes closed and head bowed, here in that, your room, wherever you are, you repeat with me and say, Lord Jesus, today I come to you. I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. Jesus, from this day forward, I'm going to follow you with all my life. I'm going to be a disciple of yours. I want to learn your ways. Jesus, take me by the hand into the arms of my Heavenly Father. Heal me and do a great work through me. Father, now I declare that I am your son. I am your daughter. And I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, church, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord today. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.